The Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and today's guest is an eclectic, solitary practitioner witch. She is also a psychic medium and proud owner of the Calico Goddess. She's been reading for over 12 years using the tarot cards, oracle cards, pendulums, and crystals, but she also opens up the doors for spirits to come through the doors. She does readings online as well as in a store called Sticks and Stones in Fairfax. She's the only witch in a family filled with Christians, and she enjoys navigating the spiritual world. Let me bring on our special guest, Shakir. How are you? I'm well. Can you hear me? I can hear you. It's so happy to have you here. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And how about yourself? I'm doing well. Just got off work, but I'm doing well. (laughs) Always that nine to five. (laughs) I know, always, forever and ever. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? It's our bread and butter. So it allows us to do the things that we enjoy doing, buy the tools that we, you know, enjoy using, you know. This is very true. I can't, I can't disagree with that. (laughs) I cannot disagree with that. So tell us, how did you get into divination? Well, um, actually, I was unknowingly in it for a while. Um, For many people that know me, um, 
I've been speaking and walking with the spirits for a long time. I didn't understand what it was and what was happening. Um, and so as I got older, I started questioning, um, you know, what's happening in my life. What is, why do I see these spirits? Why am I walking with these spirits? And for the longest time, I was afraid of mirrors because <laughs> mirrors would be, um, well, they're portals, and I didn't understand yes. that at the time. <laughs> but, you know, they'd be talking to me, and I'm like, why are the mirrors talking? What's going on? You know, and so I had no mirrors um, in my house for a long time. But um, as I started getting older and I started asking people um, in my circle who were very um, devout Christians about, you know, the things I was going through, of course, it uh, – for me, it came back as, oh, my God, you're probably dabbling in something you shouldn't be dabbling in. Um, and oh, yes. I got tired of hearing that. <laughs> I got tired <laughs> of hearing that. And um, I just started, you know, walking through bookstores, trying to figure out, you know, researching my, for myself what's going on. And then I saw tarot cards. And I was like, oh. And I was just automatically drawn to them. And so for, um, for a while, before I really started, you know, reading them on a regular basis, I would only read during the Halloween time. But I would find that I was always on point <laughs> for people um, in their life. And I was like, oh, you know, I kind of really enjoy reading cards. And it gave me so much joy. Um, and I started doing it on a regular basis. And then that just opened up the doors to so many other things for me. And thus, that is how I got into, the, you know, into divination, just not getting any answers from other people around me. And realizing that if I wanted some answers and wanted to understand what was happening, I had to go a different journey. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us tend to do that. You know, when I was growing up, you know, at a very young age, I'm saying like maybe 13, I mean, I knew, I mean, even when I was in, you know, grade school and kindergarten, we'd have those little, um, what do you want to be when you grow up days? And of course, everybody's just like, oh, I want to be a fireman and I want to be a police officer. And I was just like, I want to be a witch. I oh knew even God. at a very so young lucky. age. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what's funny is I grew up watching uh, Bewitched. It was my favorite show growing up. I watched it faithfully. And it was just like, you know, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a witch, but not the TV witch. You know, I wanted to be the essence, the the real energy of the actual witch so I knew growing up so when I was 13 I started buying books at the bookstores you know on crystals and colors and divination and you know different forms of Celtic magic and Egyptian magic and I mean it was just spiraled <laughs> from oh that my God. But, and kept growing but you can't put it down you know you can't once you start it's just as they say, it's deeper down the rabbit hole. You just have to know more. But at least you're so lucky you got to do it when you were young. I mean, if I had tried to start when I was 13, my mom would have been like, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. You're, you know, absolutely not. And um, so I didn't get to really, you know, start exploring until I was in my 20s, away from the house. And um, it, it was just, it was so overwhelming. And, and when I jumped into it, it was like, I felt as though, in all honesty, because here I am, an African-American, I said, okay, well, surely I have to go with these strict, you know, these, these strict regimes or, or, you know, or these rules, because that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I started opening myself up to so many different things, and I realized, oh, there's so many other paths to this world, to this journey, 
and I cannot follow rules. I'm not, I'm not one set for specific rules, and I need to somehow make my own. So <laughs> that is how I, I came about to be the eclectic witch. But I would have loved to, at the age of 13, looked at my teachers and been like, I'm going to be a witch. I can see that I would have been suspended, part, you know, probably. They're like, I, I think something's wrong with your daughter, and we're going to let her, you know, sit at home with you for a little bit while she's trying to work on this witch um, career that she wants to have. <laughs> well, you know, I understand that because I went to a Christian military school. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so and you got Franciscans... away with that in a Christian military? <laughs> well, yeah, you know that uh, that old saying that, you know, it's in the uh, the Constitution. <laughs> oh, my God. Religious, religious freedom and lawsuits. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That is true. So as long as I could, you know, take their classes and I could pass all their homework, you know, I could study basically whatever I wanted. And, you know, I was very blessed, you know, growing up with the family that I have, even though we are, you know, Catholic by nature, we were always very open. It was just like, you know, you have to walk your own walk. You have to follow your own path. You have to be the best person that you can be. And if it's not here, you know, it's in Buddhism, or it's in this tradition, or it's in another tradition. But as long as you follow basic tenets of, you know, being a good person, loving people, you know, sharing your experience, you know, knowing that family and community are important, you know, as you're growing up, it shouldn't make any difference what tradition or religion that you follow. You know, that is true. I, I really believe that um, because I know some people who, you know, they follow the rules of being straight. Christian or straight, you know, Southern Baptist as, I mean, I grew up with so many Southern Baptists as well. And I mean, sad to say, they're not exactly the nicest people. But then as I was getting older, I realized, you know, I met some atheists that were far nicer than the people that I was, you know, I was in church with. And, And so in the end, it comes down to like an individual personality and definitely finding your own way to feel comfortable and to love your life. Um, if you are following a path that you don't love and that it doesn't speak to you and you don't have belief in, then you're a miserable person um, yes. all the way around. And so um, I think it's great that your family was really open, that, you know, they were able to just allow you to expand your wings out and, you know, to find your own way. My mom, when I when I told her, I was like, okay, mom, I have something to tell you, because she wasn't the first person I told. I definitely went to my aunt first. Um, I was like, Mom, I'm a witch. And she's like, of all my children, I raised you all the same. It never fails. You're the one that comes back. And you say something different all the time. Like, why? Why can't you just follow the rules? I was like, well, I'm not meant to follow the rules. So, I mean, from there, it just kind of went, you know, went its own way. But I think she's coming around to it in her own way. Um, we're able to actually have conversations about it now. But before she was like, no, we are throwing every sort of blood of church that we can get on it. And I'm going to pray you out of this. And it, it was, it was a rough few months. <laughs> yeah. I- but you know what? They do all come around when they start to realize and understand that there's really no difference in what the real traditional values are that are instilled within the traditions, regardless of which tradition. You know, we all want a good life. We all want to be happy. We all want love. We all want to have a good job, good friends. You know, we all want the people that surround us to do well. I mean, it's not, you know, 
regardless of religion or tradition. I mean, you strip away all the hoopla and you get to the core of all these traditions and they all focus on the same thing. We are all trying to elevate ourselves to become closer to the energy that we consider to be God or spirit. Yes. And I think in the end, most, I mean, most uh, spiritualities, most religions, the foundation is the same love. It's just love. And, and so when you understand that that is the foundation of your belief, then it makes things so much easier. And I find, you know, no matter the spirituality, you'll always run to the people um, who want to judge you or they want to say you're doing something the wrong way. But in the end, how are you doing something the wrong way if it's all truly and innocently in love? And so, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm also a rule breaker, but I do feel that there are – certain rules depending on the traditions that you're in that need to be followed during those particular times that you need to follow them. Um, You know, rituals, for instance, I mean, we all have to perform rituals. They're normally done in particular ways and they're formulated mathematically to help us to heighten our energies and reach that energy level, you know, where we can help create change and modify things that are going to take place and bring things to us, you know, so it's all the formula. It's all that mathematics that, you know, for me are rules because we have to be able to put a and B and C together to get to the outcome, but there, it leaves a tremendous amount of free movement for every individual where they can modify and they can change things, you know, especially, you know, eclectic witches, they can pull upon so many different venues and avenues and life experiences that they can really tailor make something that is specifically just for them, you know, all based on, all based on, you know, here's your foundation first build upon that and see where it takes you. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think that's why I definitely, definitely more than anything enjoy being an eclectic witch because it's my practice. Um, And yes, there are some things that I have to follow just the nature of, you know, the game, Mm -hmm. so to say. Um, But I enjoy that it's my practice and I I tailor it to me. I tailor it towards my spirituality um, and I tailor it towards definitely my faith. But I, I I understand, you know, people who are in different spiritualities, and so they have different rules than I do. But I honor that, and I still think, you know, it's a beautiful thing that they found something that they can, you know, something that they can connect with and that they can walk with. And so I, I find all of them definitely have their beauty, and all of them have their uses. Um, yes. And all of them definitely have their purposes. <laughs> yes, and, and I agree with that too. Yeah. I mean, I would not mix, you know, Wiccan traditions with Palo or with Vodou or with Santeria because, you know, certain traditions you do have to be completely initiated into. You have to be taught, you know, the the methods to bring spirit to you, to bring them down, to to work with them. You know, some traditions are a little bit more free flowing. 
you know. Yeah. I like I like to break rules, but I am also one for tradition too. So she's like, when I'm in a tradition and I'm working traditionally, I follow very strict protocols. Now, if I'm doing just you know some candle magic, or I'm doing some you know some form of magic that I'm just putting together myself that is not drawing upon a particular tradition, then I can go free flow all the way. You know, I don't have to, you know, I can pull out all the stops. I don't have to worry about what spirit I'm working with because most of the time at that point, I'm working with myself, my spirit guides, my ancestors, you know, so for that, I can tailor, you know, more. And it also shows up when you do divination too, because when you are of that nature, you know, in your belief system, your readings also show the same way. You can tailor your form of divination, even if you're reading tarot cards, like, you know, I'm horrible with car- with tarot. I still can't learn. <laughs> 15, years, 15 years later, no, I am a very visual person. You know, I'm very symbolic mm-hmm. in my readings, but I'm also one for needing to learn the fundamentals and the foundation first. And there's just so well, many cards, so many things to know. <laughs> There are, there are so many cards. You know, it's so funny. I am a tarot junkie um, and I love my cards and I'm drawn by art. I'm drawn by so many, bless you, so many um, different things that go into different cards. Um, But I find, which is what I tell many people who are trying to learn the tarot, you get the deck that calls to you. Many people think they have to start with the Rider Waite. And that is not the deck I started with, actually. Not at all that I start with the right away. Um, but you take a card each day or, you know, maybe two, three cards each day, and you look at the card, and then you write in a book what you think this card means and all the details to you. And then you go through and you see what the actual meaning of that card is. And I look at my cards as more than cards. They're actually... I look at them as though they definitely have their own spirits. It's like I have a relationship with each yes. of my decks. Um, so I have a deck. The, the deck that I started with is definitely harsher um, it, when it comes across in reading than another deck that I use. But I also have a deck um, that I got from my herbal teacher, and it, it's a haunted deck. And people are like, oh, my God, are you going to clean this deck? You have to, like, smudge it. Well, I, I just didn't because I understood that what came with this deck was that sort of a spirit, and she actually mm-hmm. gets along fine with me. <laughs> we are fine together, but I can only read her when I'm reading diviners. I can't read her for regular readings. I can't read that deck. It's only for people who do readings themselves of some sort. Am I allowed to use that deck right now and read for it? Uh, read on it. And, so, and you know, I'm familiar with that, too, because I have a deck from the 1850s that was my first deck that I ever actually read with. And it was extremely harsh, too. The spirit that worked with me through that deck was harsh. And I only read it for people that needed spiritual readings. And I worked in a botanica for 15 years, so that was pretty much everybody. Standard, <laughs> yeah. Standard regular readings never took place. It was never that, you know, oh, I just want to know what's going on. I want to see what's happening with my job. No, these were all sit down, don't say a word, let me throw the cards and let spirits say what they've got on their mind and we'll go from there. Yes. But they were harsh. And they were harsh. 
Well, this one, I mean, because when I like when I like to read, um, some people because I do live sometimes with you know Tanya, and I do lives on my page. You know, I keep it very. Yes, I love Tanya. She's definitely a must in my life. Um, (laughs) One of my big, like the BBW. I really love her. Yes, I am. I am the BBW. (laughs) And she's been calling me that for so long, and it's so funny. Um, the black bonnet wig. Um, yes, I saw that. I saw that post when I first saw it. I was just like, "Wait a minute, what's she say?" <laughs> yeah, it's the I am the black bonnet witch, and so people probably are sitting there looking at that BBW going with some traditional meaning, and yes. it's not that at all. <laughs> I, I waited and I saw your comment. I was just like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." Because initially I was just like, "Oh no, she didn't." I <laughs> know. Oh, most people were probably like, "Oh, that's." Mm, that's a little harsh. Maybe she's all round. What's going on? But no, okay. it is Black Bonnet Witch. But I mean, honestly, when I do lives or when I do certain readings, I have to keep it very surface. So, um, but I like when I do readings to go deeper, to go into the soul. I like to see that. I like to see the things that sometimes the other person who I'm reading doesn't even see. And that's what I enjoy about it. Like, let's dig deep and let's get to the core of things. Um, yes. and go from there. And a lot of people, they're not always ready for that, which is what I've discovered. You know, some people will fight you <laughs> to the very end, and then they come back, and they're like, okay, yeah, you had it right. Okay, let's move forward from here. But And with those, ty- <laughs> with those types of blunt spirits and harsh spirits like that that work through decks, that tends to be the case uh, a lot of times. I mean, the number of times that I have had clients walk out after a reading and not see them again for a couple of years, pissed off at what I told them. She's like, and then all of a sudden they come back and they're just like, well, you remember what you told me when we had that reading the last time a couple of years ago? It's like, you were just like, and it was just like, you were spot on and I just didn't want to see it. And I didn't want to understand. I didn't even want to look at it. He goes, but the minute that it happened, it was like flashback right to the reading. It's just like, yeah, I really should have had my eyes open. And sometimes we don't, you know, even, even spiritual people, sometimes we don't want to see, you know, things that are coming that may be of a negative nature. It's like, I don't, this, as a general rule, let people read me at all. What? Cause I don't want, Not I don't want to know. Unless it is something very specific, like when I first came back out onto Facebook and I started reading again because I was retired for several years because I was getting myself back into regular work after the Botanica closed. And, you know, I put everything aside, but I needed to know what spirits were still working with me, what spirits were still, you know, walking with me at that point. So I'll have readings of that nature. But in reference to like, hey, What's going on? What is it that I need to know? I'm a Scorpio. I don't want to know. I will overfocus. I am am so finicky that way. I'm an Aquarius. I want to know, but then I don't want to know. And if I know, it's like, you know what? It's okay. I can figure out a way to change it. But sometimes there is (laughs) no no changing it. But, you know, I can't read for myself. Um, And I can't, I'm not allowed to read for certain family members. In my life, and I didn't discover that until um, this year, actually. Um, so, as I said, you know, I see I'm a medium, so I see the spirits, I hear them, and um, 
my spirit guides are my great grandparents, and I didn't realize who they were until my aunt uh, showed me pictures of who they were. They've been walking with me. I've been walking with them in dreams for the longest time. And finally, my aunt showed me this picture because they were gone, um, and I never got to meet them. And she's like, oh, you know, here are, you know, your great-grandmother and your great-grandfather. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know these people. And so, um, and, you know, I, I think for me, you know, when it comes to not wanting to know things, it doesn't matter. My great-grandmother is going to let me know anyway. <laughs> and when it comes to reading my family, um, she definitely – has blocked off, so to say, certain things because she doesn't want me to know either. Um, yes. I just need to sometimes be there when the time comes for me to be there. Um, because we all know if it's somebody that we love and we see it coming, we're going to want to warn them. We're going to want to figure out a way to, you know, maybe maneuver around it. And sometimes that's just not the way it goes. No, because, you know, hard. sometimes – yeah, but you know, it, sometimes it's because people need to learn certain life lessons, you know, and that's the hard mm. part is, you know, certain things are going to take place, but you can't really say anything. And you know that there's an underlying reason why you might not know what it is at that point. But there's always yeah. a reason why, you know, even even the bad crap. I mean, if it wasn't for the bad crap, we wouldn't know what the good stuff was. You know, if it wasn't this for bad true. luck, we wouldn't know when we had the good luck. So you know, we have to learn certain lessons throughout life. And sometimes spirit is just like, no, we can't warn them. There's a reason. They have to understand and learn through the whole process. And I've had yeah. that with my with my spirits where they will give me a glimpse of, hey, something's coming, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You just have to, yes, you'll just have to work that. through it. <laughs> I hate that, though. I'm just like, you know, it's wrong. That's like me starting a conversation with like, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but if I was going to say it, it'd be in the just stop <laughs> right there. Just well, there. yeah, but it's kind of like, it's rude. <laughs> well, it is. But when you think about it, it's really spirit just sitting there giving you a little warning saying, Hey, be on your toes. Something is coming. Now they might not be able to tell you what it is, but they've at least given you a little warning to keep an eye out so that when things start to happen, you can start looking at everything from all angles and you can start focusing your energy correctly. Well, I started finding that I'm like on my toes. I'm like literally ballerina walking. I am like literally on my tippy toes. And I'm just like, what's happening? What's happening? And I'm looking at everything. I'm like a bird just flew past. What happened? A tree just was like the wind, tr- you know, whistled through the trees. What's going on here? You know, and it just puts me in like such a mode. I'm looking for everything, and then when it happens, I'm like, "Oh, you know, I that okay, that wasn't what I expected, <laughs> you know, at all." But you know, I understand that sometimes we we really can't know everything, and there's sometimes that the reason we can't know things is because we're supposed to grow, and if yes. we knew everything, we wouldn't we wouldn't be growing, we wouldn't be changing. It's like somebody speed fooding you, or yeah, spoon feeding yeah. you, yeah, speed fooding you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, speed fooding. That works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things that it helps to temper us, you know, especially, yeah. you know, highly spiritual people, you know, that vibrate on a very high energy level. If you give them too much information, like you walk on your tippy toes, 
Now, imagine yeah. if it was something really bad and they gave you that bad information months ahead of time. Imagine oh, how, then you'd be how bad you would anxious. be. Exactly. And you would no longer be on your tippy toes. You'd be locking yourself in your house, closing the blinds, locking the doors, turning off your phone. You know, you would be pulling oh, yourself out true. of who you are. We'd be hoverboarding. We'd be hoverboarding <laughs> over this, looking for, you know, the sign of when it was supposed to start. But no, I mean, I can, I can definitely see that, you know, I, I know for me, it's kind of like, do I really want to know? I kind of want to know, but do I really want to know? And then you sit down and you're just like, maybe I really don't want to know. I, I don't. But then sometimes, you know, there's certain things that you do want to know. And I find, you know, for me, I feel like when I tell, you know, my friends, I was like, oh my God, I feel like one of my clients and I'm like, okay, do I want to know? Do I want to know? Mm, I'm so indecisive. Okay, just tell me, but wait, don't tell me completely. (laughs) You know, like, I don't want to know completely. But I think, I mean, honestly, if if I did know everything, I think um, it it would, you're right, it kind of would cause me to lock myself away because you just, you don't want to deal with it because sometimes what you have to deal with is heavy and it's difficult. And if yeah. you see it coming, you're just like, oh, I want to give the whole world a middle finger and say, forget this. This is just, you know, it's just not worth it. Just suck up my wine bar, my food. We'll just keep it going. But, right. And the other yeah. the other aspect of that too, though, is how much help can you be to your clients if you are if going you through know? that situation and you have known it for a while and you are constantly focusing on it? You can't pull yourself away to be completely objective and connect spiritually to, you know, your spirits, your ancestors to give accurate information to a client when you're already predisposed in your own space. You know, so I think they do it, as well. You know, so I think they do it on purpose to say, Hey, look, you know what? I'm just giving you the heads up. Something's coming now. Just get back to work and do what you got to do. You know, you might sit and think about, okay, well, what is it going to be? But at least it doesn't give you an actual form of focus you can always pull yourself back because you're not focusing on an exact thing yes I don't know about you maybe I mean maybe you can tell me if this happens to you but like when you go through a situation um, and you know you've pulled yourself out of it and you've gone through the muddied waters you've gone through the rough it's like everyone after um, you know when they're coming to you for advice or readings, it seems like they're along that line of what you just went through Yes. Um, so <laughs> you're like, I can totally relate to this. I, I understand because I kind of just finished, you know, going through that. But I find that every time I've gone through something, I'm like, oh, I, I totally feel you on this. So it allows you to be more understanding towards people who are requesting your help. Yes. Requesting, spirit, you know, wisdom. Yeah. And spirit will bring people to you based on that energy, because at that point you're going through and sending out energy and vibrations to the universe. So people are attracted to that. The other part of that too, is normally at that point of you going through all that, you are not completely through all of that. You still have processing to do mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, so these people are being brought to you also for your own health and well-being and to help process any underlying issues or, you know, emotions that you've already gone through, because sometimes we'll look at things thinking, Hey, I'm already, I've already gone through the ringer. I've already been through this situation. And you'll get that one client 
that makes you look at something completely different. And it dawns on you that, holy crap, I guess I really wasn't finished with this yet. And I thought I had already forgiven whoever I needed to forgive. I thought I already let go of whoever I needed to let go of. Yes. And I find find that it's a continuous healing thing for both parties. Definitely. I find um, also, you know, I have a lot of clients that, you know, come to me for love. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, after, you know, when you yourself get through a heartbreak, it's like everybody wants to know about the love at that same time. You can have 50 readings um, with people wanting to know about love. And, you know, it's like I think the hardest thing um, that I ever had to really do, um, and it was, gosh, a few years back, of going through a heartbreak myself and then having to read people. Um, also dealing with love. And so, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's just like, really, Spirit? You know I'm going through my own thing right now? <laughs> Why but, would but you do this to me? To help you heal, to help you move on, to help you and I overcome. But we don't see it at that I, point, you know? Yes, exactly. I did not see it at that point. Did not see it at that point. And now that I, I've taken steps back, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I understand. But then at the same time, the Aquarius in me says, you couldn't do it a different way? Like, really? You no. do all that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, sometimes we're hard-headed, and sometimes we just have to, you know, have things thrown in front of us. You know? I know. And I, I feel like spirit definitely has to do that to me. She's like, you are not looking where I'm asking you to look at. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm looking right here. And she's like, no, I'm trying to get you to look on the other way. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess I should go over that way. But then, you know, so I'm how also... did you... Huh? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But I'm, but I'm also, you know, enjoying learning about or enjoying connecting um, as I've had a new deity come into my life. So it's like learning to connect with that deity as well. And saying, okay, I am learning all these different deities. I'm learning all these, you know, I'm learning my spirit. I'm learning my spirit guide more and more. Because, you know, you never completely know everything. So you're always growing. You're always learning. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, I get where this person or where this spirit may want me to look. Or I get what, you know, is being said here. But then there are some times where you're like, oh, man, I don't want to look that way. Don't make me look that way. (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you want to be hard-headed, but it never works out, especially when you're a diviner, especially when you're a spiritual person. It, it is yes. not that you don't get to say, I don't want to look that way. They're like, okay, so anyway, we've shifted your whole body, and now you're looking this way. This is what's happening. Or they so. take whatever's in that other direction, they place it directly in front of you. It's like, okay, you don't want to look this way. We'll move it <laughs> so that now it's moving in front of you. You know, I mean, being a diviner and being a medium, I mean, I love mediumship. You know, I mean, I read uh, antique cards. I read Lenormand's and tea cards, soul cards, bones. I mean, with the exception of the tarot, so far anyway, any system I decide I want to learn, I can learn. I always have an issue with the tarot uh, from day one. (laughs) I, I just can't. For some reason, I can't connect. And whether it has been, you know, the Hermetic Tarot, whether it has been the Rider Waite, the Thoth deck, I mean, the Witches deck, I mean, I've had Egyptian decks, none of them. 
I just can't. I, my spirits don't want to connect with me. It's just right now. I'm sure it'll change. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it will too. But you know, a lot of my readings tend to be based on spirit connectivity. You know, I connect directly with ancestors, with spirit guides. I connect with my clients' spirits and their spirit guides when they come to visit. You know, sometimes my cards are basically just a eye candy on the table, something for them to look at. Yeah, the reading is nowhere on that spread whatsoever that I use. It is all, hey, you know what, here's what the message that your spirit guides are giving me, and this is what I'm going to give to you. And I can point at particular cards, and I can, it's kind of like for me, like a form of braille. Yeah. I'm not reading the images or anything on the cards, but I'm touching the cards, and I'm reading off of the energies that spirit is giving to me, telling me that, hey, look, here's what the issue centers around. Here's what's taking place and who's involved, and here's where things are moving. Tarot, I can never do that with. I tried. You know, I did. I did do like one or two little readings with tarot after I watched a two-hour video on YouTube that actually kind of helped. <laughs> and then I lost it. All, then all that information just left. It just like, hey, this starts to make sense. And then it just, it's like, yeah, we don't want that. So I, oh. I mean, what do you tell a new? And I'll call myself a newbie because when it comes to tarot, I'm completely newbie at that. What do you do? What do you tell a newbie? wanting to read tarot aside from you know carrying the cards every day i mean people like me i don't like books i don't like having to write down in a journal and i know that people tout that all the time oh you got to start a you know a a journal you got to do a dream journal you got to do you know your your weekly and your daily readings it's just like i don't have that much time but i want to be able to learn the only i mean i can't say the only because i'm sure there's other ways but honestly I know you may not like a journal, but if you don't remember what that card means to you at that moment, then as you grow, how are you going to know what it means to you at, like from that time? How are you going to see your growth? So it's a record for yourself as well, you know? And so I don't use just tarot. Just like you, I mean, for me, there are times where I have to actually just put the cards down because I'm like, I'm not even talking from the cards at this moment. Your grandmother's here. <laughs> this is what your grandmother is saying. Um, but, you know, for me, honestly, it has to be that, you know, I look at the card, I start connecting with the card, and I write down literally what that card means to me. And I will go through the whole deck that way and then come back and then say, okay, what is this card actually supposed to mean? Uh, there is one deck that just kicks my butt every time. Um, and I love this deck. I saved up for this deck, but it's the Ma'at Tarot um, by Julia Kuchiwas, I think is how you pronounce it. That deck just runs me around the ringer, but it's a beautiful deck. Um, but I, it's like I'm starting from ground one, and so I don't even know tarot because of how detailed um, and informed one card is. So... I couldn't say I would give any different information for a new tarot reader except write down what that card means to you before you look in the book and really see the meaning of that card. See, I, I never look in a book. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know what, but the thing is, right, also, 
and I tell many people this, especially when I'm in the store, because I, I, you have people buying decks all the time, and they're under the impression that they have to buy the Rider weight tarot that has to be the first deck they get. And like I said, that's not the case. But I tell them, you know, connect with your deck. Don't look at your deck as though it's just a tool. Because then it's not holding that energy that you need it to hold. Look at it as though, you know, it's a friend. You have this relationship with this deck, and this deck is going to always be honest and always, you know, steer you the right way. It is a way to open the doors to the spirit world. It's a way to, you know, guide you to different paths that you don't see with, you know, just your two eyes actually form a relationship with your deck and understand your deck. And then you'll see it just flows. It's just so much easier. But a lot of people are just like, okay, so here's the two of wands, blah, 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 blah. Here's the emperor, blah, 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 blah. And that's not really how you can connect with, in my opinion, connect with tarot and give the best reading. Right. Because see, I was always, you know, like I said, I'm, I've always read through spirit. So I've always had spirit connections with my particular decks. Mm-hmm. I don't have that with tarot. You know, I think I look for that and I'll, you know, I could probably know the meanings of every single card, mm-hmm. lay them down. And if spirit doesn't say, Hey, <laughs> I look down and I go, yep, I got nothing. Well, why why don't you create your own then? There's so many people that do that. They create their own deck. Why don't you create your own? I don't have the artwork. I'm not that kind of... Uh... There's a million artists out here. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe one of these days when I have some time, maybe I will delve into something of that nature. You know, I have been learning a lot and... Uh, reading a lot with the tea cards, which are kind of like reading tea leaves and tea cups, uh, similar to yeah, Norman's. Karen, right? Oh like, yes. Love Karen. I've known her for years. You know, yes, and her, she's uh, a beautiful deck. Uh, I'm waiting for her new one to ship out and come to me, which is the uh, steampunk fortune telling deck. I was deck. looking at getting the steampunk. I really was, but I, I'm such a geek in my own weird way. And so at the time it was, it was like buy you know the teacup, you know cards or buy the Legend of Zelda tarot, and I, I kind of went with the Legend <laughs> of Zelda tarot. <laughs> 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 I was like I can't let it go. It was on my mind for so many weeks. I just said I need this. I need this. The geek in me is calling to the Legend of Zelda tarot. So yeah, I bought it. it. I mean I love I love I'm a geek too. I mean. Not in the same exact sense, but I mean, for me, you know, steampunk, you know, pirates, you know, things that are otherworldly in reference to like times past. Yeah, I connect with very well. So like my antique deck, I connected with, you know, right off the bat, never looked at the book. They were all very symbolic for me, very visual, very stunning. They were also black and white, uh, which was very great for myself because I'm blunt. And a Scorpio, I'm also black and white. There's no middle ground. It's always, it's all or nothing. It's, you know, here or there. It's like, that is there was so no, true. 
there was no <laughs> melding in the middle. So when I got the deck, it was perfect. It was just like, oh, I can read these. And I think I'm the only one that actually reads this particular deck because there's only like three actually in existence and I own two of them. One that's from the 1850s, which is the original on press board before they went to print. And then one mm-hmm. from the 1920s when they started doing color. Um, so the you're third telling one me that you're being words. greedy. You're being greedy with the deck that you have. Oh, yes. Because when I saw that <laughs> second one, when I saw that second one pop up for auction, yeah, I sold a couple of things just to make sure that I had it. I didn't want anybody else to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it's it's very similar to the Grand Jules Le Normand. Without the astrological symbols, it has plants. Oh, you know, so that's it's, nice. It's a very beautiful deck. It's small. It's not like the size of the Grand Jew, which is enormous. Um, but for spiritual things, you know, it worked very well for me. I haven't touched it in ages because I've been focusing more on the Lenormand and the tea cards and softening my approach so that my delivery isn't as harsh as it used to but be you know what? in shops. But, you know, your style is your style. Yes. And so as you're, like, so, you know, supposedly softening your approach and your style, um, definitely keep in mind that, you know, you don't want to change, you know, the way you read. You don't want to change how you give the messages in a sense of, you know, what comes across. Um, I, am, I don't. So. I just choose my words differently. So, like, I'm very oh. blunt, you know, to the point where <laughs> you some people would call blunt. me. And, you seem so friendly and teddy bearish. But not when <laughs> I'm sitting down at the table. Not when I'm sitting down at the table and Spirit is telling me, hey, this is the shit that's going on. You better freaking pay attention. You know, however Spirit delivered the message back then is exactly word for word how it would come out of my mouth. Vulgarity and everything wouldn't make any difference. Now I filter certain words out and I just choose different language to give the same message to, you know, Mm. so I don't appear to be such a dick um, (laughs) when I'm giving a reading. But at that point, you could be like, you know, I'm not a dick. My cards can be dickish sometimes. You know, that's just the way it comes across. (laughs) No, it's really me. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Now, you're also... You're also the owner of the Calico Goddess. So can you explain to us what the Calico Goddess is? The Calico Goddess is right now my up-and-coming baby. Um, I do tarot readings um, under the page of the Calico Goddess, and I I really picked picked that name because of, you know, two of my goddesses, Bast and Sekhmet, and I have two Calicos, and they're known as the the triple goddess cat. So, oh, I know. I was like, you know what? I just, <laughs> I want to just combine that and make it the Calico Goddess. And so right now I'm doing tarot readings, but I am trying to bring about, you know, bring out um, a line of products such as spell candles and spell kits and the oils um, as well. So that's something that I've been focusing on um, bringing to the table. Um, also customizable items for some of my um, my clients that I do readings for when they're like, okay, we really need it to you know, a, a candle that really flows with this kind of energy or, you know, there's a situation I can customize a candle 
for my clients. So that is what, you know, I hope to bring to the Calico Goddess. But really, the reason I started it is for people who kind of felt out of place um, in the spiritual world. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty much the only eclectic witch that I know. Um, and I know some people, they feel that they have to follow a certain path so that they have the camaraderie, so that they have the community. And so I wanted to say, all right, if you're different, if you have a different path, then, you know, I'm definitely the place for you because I want to encompass everybody and allow them to be themselves and allow them to feel comfortable being themselves and encourage them to be confident and being themselves. That, that's the number one, is being confident and being themselves with their craft. And so that is why I started the Calico Goddess. So now is that going to turn to a brick and mortar, or is that going to be more of an online? It's going to be more of an online right now. If I should get a brick and mortar, um, I would be thrilled. I would be thrilled. It would be um, when I didn't have to work my nine to five anymore. Um but I would love to have a brick and mortar. I would love for it to be in, you know, a, a old town kind of city, like old town Alexandria, old town Fairfax, one of those places um, to kind of bring this certain energy to it. But one day, I hope maybe I, I put it in my in my journal, my plan goal for you know, maybe 12 years to have a brick and mortar. But I definitely want to give it its time. Well, because you know it's coming. I mean, you know it's coming. I know. I mean, you know know. Spirit has already given you glimpses. You know, saying, yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's gotten really bad because I had written down a dream I had, and I had. I'm really big. I wanted to adopt. I want to adopt children, Um, but there's specifically in my dream repetitively a a little girl, and I, I just am always with this little girl. I have adopted her. And I am, you know, I have her and we're in the store and she's working Mm -hmm. with me. We're making incense, we're grinding, you know, herbs together for powders. And it makes me so happy, this dream that I've had repetitively. So I have, you know, I definitely believe that it's in the works. (laughs) And and it is spirit confirming that for you, because that's one of the things that I was seeing. It's like, they've already been showing you. They've already been giving you the glimpses. They've already been sitting there saying, Hey, you know, the seed has already been planted. Things are already starting to move. They're already in motion. You know, yes. your job is to keep the energy moving, keep that energy flowing. And definitely, and, I understand, you know, not give up on it. Because sometimes when we're going towards a goal, we're like, oh, it seems so far away. But really, it's not as far as what we think. So, yeah, well, because, you know, they, yeah. have to, they have to test you. You know, they have to test your resolve that this is really where you're going to put your heart and your soul and your energy and your time. Because, I mean, anybody can open up a brick and mortar. Right. But for it but to if last. If you're going to love that brick and mortar, if you're going to love doing what you do. Right. And if it's going to last, you know, if you can put the energy into giving birth to a phenomenal brick and mortar and have clients that are going to continue to come on a regular basis and refer people to you. You know, it is a love. It is a passion. It is something that you do completely from the heart. And if your heart's not in it, spirit will move it away. Exactly. I don't know. 
I noticed like there's a shop that I go to often um, in in my uh, in my city, and we were talking about how me and some friends were talking about when we go into that shop. You know, the energy is different than the energy in this other store that we go to, and it turns out that um, the people that own it don't practice any of the spiritualities that they're selling, and so it's just kind of like just this. Dead this air. Product there. Yeah, dead air. <laughs> yes, so, I have been in shops like that. You know, you can and definitely. It's just amazing tell. to me. <laughs> yeah. it's amazing I mean, you can definitely tell. Open you, store. Oh, Go ahead, sorry. well, yeah, but they do it for they do it for the money, though. You know. Yeah. I have been in botanicas that are just in it for the money, and I have been in it where people live it, they work it. It's part of their religion. It's their tradition. It's their life's work. It's their energy and their love. And the minute you walk through the door, you feel that energy. You feel that love. You know, you know, it's just not, you know, hey, I'm walking into Target. Oh, there's the Walmart reader. No, it's the, you know, you know. And then you have the ones that, you know, are in it for the negative reasons. And you feel that energy in there as well. Yes. Yes, you definitely do. It's um, like I've walked into some stores where there were readers and they just seem so drained and so miserable because the owner of the store is not into the spiritual aspect of it. It's just like you need to read this many people in order to, you know, do this and, and bring money to me. And it, it's just because if you're going to open a store like that, I definitely feel there should be some spiritual energy in it. Not yes. just in it for the money. Not yeah, but sadly, the there's money. a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, but sadly, there are a lot of places that are like that. And it's sad that spiritual readers get stuck in some of those places and are drained and miserable because they can't really perform and give really good readings when they're in that space. You know, you That's have to true. love. I mean... I had days where I'd walk to the, I'd walk into the shop and five minutes after getting there, I'd have a whole family of 15 people sitting on the floor waiting for readings. Mm. An eight hour That's day, awesome. 15 people <laughs> to read in a row. And my godmother would walk by and it was a joke with us. You know, she'd walk by, throw a banana at me. She goes, here you go. It's your circus. And <laughs> it would be just one reading after the other, after the other. And you'd be drained, but you're doing something that you love doing. You are making a difference in people's lives. And exactly. that's why a lot of us get, you know, we're not readers. We're diviners because we have a stake in our clients. And well-being. that person. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that is and so you read true. also oracle cards and pendulums, you know, as well as crystals. Yeah. What type of oracle cards do you use? Oh, my God. So I have um, my favorite deck of oracle cards, I have to say, would be the Nyx, which is the Wisdom of the Shadows um, oracle cards. Okay. If you <laughs> – it gets kind of um, – because the card deck, the coloring is dark, but it's kind of like it takes you to the depth of a person's mind. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, when I purchased this deck, I said, you know what, I, I'm really drawn to it. I believe that this is different, you know, than my tarot cards. Let's move forward with this deck. And the first time I read on it, it was like, um, 
how to, the best way to say it is this person was lying to me and I was contradicting it. I was just like, this is not what happened. This is what happened. This is what's going on. Why are you, you know, wording it differently? And then I went all the way across and said, okay, this is the, this is what the Oracle has to say for you with the way that you're doing the things that you're doing. And there was this long pause. And then it was just a click on the phone. Like the person just hung up on me. But then just like you, just like you, they call back, you know, months later and they're like, okay, so fine. Now we're just going to have to be honest. What does this Oracle deck say for me now? Because basically it's, it's with the, with Nick and Nick is, you know, a goddess of the shadow world. And she's going to show you the things that you don't want to see. And that can be really hard for some people. Yeah, I, I think it's it. really hard for I think it's really hard for a lot of people. You know, back several years when I used to co-host a different divination show, we used to do uh, you know live mini readings like for the last fifteen twenty minutes of the show. And I remember one person that had called in that was asking particular questions about you know roommate and this and one of the people that was on doing the show with me gave them one set of answers and I turned right around and said uh uh-uh. uh I said you're going to have some really serious problems with this person. I said, you're going to end up having to either kick this person out or they're just going to end up and up and leave. And when I first came back to Facebook, you know, about 10 months or so ago, one of my friends on Facebook, their very first message to me was, man, you were like right on the money with this guy and his roommate. And I didn't remember, and I didn't remember anything about it because a lot of times, you know, when I'm passing medium type messages, it comes in, goes out and it's gone. I don't remember anything that I have said whatsoever, you know, so they'll come to me and tell me, you know, that this is what took place and, you know, everything I told them was correct. And I just have to nod and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad spirit was able to pass you that message in the back of my mind. I was like, I don't remember a damn thing. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for, it wasn't for me. You know, the message was for that particular person. I get that way with medium readings um, when I am, like, I have my crystals around me um, because there's certain crystals, depending on what the person asks, that I have around me when I'm doing the medium reading, no cards, nothing, and it just comes in. And then when they come back, you know, six months later, they're like, do you remember when this happened? I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I feel so bad for it, but no, I don't, I don't recall that occurring. I got so I got in the habit of telling people, you know, at the beginning of every reading to make sure that they write stuff down, because if they call me back later, I'm not going to remember 99% of what I tell them. Because for me, it's a combination. I'm talking directly with spirits. Spirits passing messages to me, even if I'm using cards, bones, or anything else. I said the messages are specifically for the client, and there's absolutely no need for me to have to remember anything as it's spirit giving message directly. So it's just I'm the vessel. Fit it all out. Well, that's a nice way to put it. You know, and then the minute they walk out the door, it, it's gone. It takes up no real estate in my mind because it's not my message. Right. I like the way you put that. Definitely, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest and tell you I'm gonna have to start using that <laughs> because I'm like I'm well, sorry I don't remember. <laughs> well, it, it's I it, it it sets them up to understand that you know. When you don't remember, it's not because you're not paying attention. It's because, look, spirit is giving you the message directly. 
So when yeah. that happens, just like when spirit comes down in possession of people, you don't remember from the time they come in to the time they leave. It's gone. Your spiritual body is someplace else. Yeah. And as exactly. a medium, we put ourselves outside of our body to a certain extent so that we can allow those other spirits to come in and communicate. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people, it's so funny because, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that. They assume, okay, well, you know, you're a medium. You should be able to pump like 20 of these out in like a day. It's really <laughs> training. It's really, it's really 20 of these in really, a day. <laughs> yeah, but it's really draining. And some people don't understand that. And I explain to people, I'm like, you know what? This is what I can honestly tell you. I will hold on to the person that you asked me to hold on to as long as I can. But if I can't and they have to go, then they have to go. So I'm going to be very honest when I tell you that they have to go. And this lady's like, well, I mean, can you hold on to them for like an hour? I was like, I, I can't. I can't guarantee that. Because some spirits, you know, when I do my spiritual readings, you know, like it's one set price. It's anywhere from 30 minutes to whatever because that's the average. But if a spirit right. is saying, okay, well, you got I have to go, then I don't want to sit there and give them just fluff. But then if I can hold on to the spirit for an hour or two, if the spirit has a lot to say, then, you know what, that's how long the reading goes. And it took me a long time um, when I was, you know, studying with mediums, speaking with other mediums to understand that aspect of it, that, you know, not everything is a set time with each spirit. And so I had this lady and I was like, you know, I was reading her. The spirit was there for about, you know, let's say it was about there for like 30, 35 minutes. And I said, well, you know, go now. Um, it, it has nothing more to say. And she's like, oh, wait, no, just hold on to it for 30 more minutes. I was like, it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does not work. <laughs> you know, as a medium, it's not like I can say, here, you're going to stay right there and just keep talking to me. Because if they have no more messages, then they go. Yeah. And a lot of people Mine. don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's, it's, and it's funny because, you know, for me, a lot of times what tends to happen is they don't tell me they have to go. They just go. And sometimes they leave so quickly that I'll start talking after they, take, after they leave, and I will make absolutely no sense. And normally within like one to two sentences, my mind will catch that they have actually left and I have made no sense for the last two minutes. And I will then turn around to the client and tell her, she's like, and they're gone. I said, cause I made actually no sense. I said, and sometimes they just don't tell me, okay, I've got to go. Sometimes they hang on for as long as their energy will let them, they get out their mm-hmm. message and then, okay, message received and they're gone. And yeah. But it's funny because I have sat there in front of clients and, you know, been giving them full on mediumship readings and mid sentence spirit knows that they got their message and they leave. And then whatever babbles out of my mouth makes absolutely no sense. And I will catch oh, no. it and, be like, <laughs> and I will catch it and I will say, and that's my sign for they have left the room. <laughs> oh, no. I haven't had that. I haven't had where they just, like, go. I have had where, you know, it's kind of like I see them fading. I see them leaving. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, they're leaving. You know, they're going now. 
Um, and she's like, darn. Or, you know, the person's like, darn, we had so much more to say. I'm like, really? <laughs> You've been sitting here kind of staring at me wide-eyed for a minute. It, w- it would have been nice if that had come out. But, um, you know, I wish – I wish there was like a way that I could just babble on it. Do- it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. That way. <laughs> like, no, but you know, it's, so. it's, it's interesting. And, you know, one of the things I love about my show is, you know, I, I bring on people from different walks of life, different types of divination, di- even sometimes in the same styles of divination, everybody's different. You know, everybody's little cues, everybody's little gifts are different. How they use their gifts are different. The little tiny signs, you know, that we pay attention to, you know, are different, you know, you'll see them fade away. I don't see them fade away. I'll see them stand next to somebody, but they don't fade in or fade out. They just like appear (laughs) and then they disappear. Um, They will give me signs or images or smells or things that they did in life to help the other person know who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, uh, 48 years old, you know, I've been doing medium stuff since I was very young. I have always talked to spirits. You know, it has taken a long time to develop those. And I could probably hone them more. But I think I've kind of gotten used to this is just how my spirits tend to work. And I think they work with me. I'm that type of person that, you know, if I'm done hanging out with a friend, I'm the first one to say, okay, there's a door. I'm done for the day. You know, we can give it together and hang out next week. I'm not that one that hangs on and waits for somebody to say, oh, I think I'm getting tired. I should probably go home. I'm normally the one kicking people out. So I think my spirits work with that energy and the, you know, they understand that, okay, messages was received. Now it's time to go. And they take off. Um Yeah. I think it's funny, but, you know, as diviners develop their skills, you know, it's important that we all pay attention to the little nuances, you know, some of which work with our own personalities, you know, how we actually are in real life. You know, if we have heightened senses of smell, if we have great vision, you know, we work with certain things that we have been accustomed to in real life, also in the spiritual world. And we pay attention to those cues. And I think it's important to, I won't say use a journal, but make mental notes <laughs> <laughs> as to these particular things that are taking place, when they happen, what they mean. Because over time, they give you certain meanings. You know, they give me certain smells, they'll give me flowers. You know, depending on what the issue is, everything for me has a particular meaning. And I interpret those particular symbols, images, smells, sounds in a particular way that has been shown to me throughout the years. And it may not be typical for everybody. You know, for me, the smell of pipe, pipe tobacco, Mm -hmm. cigars is always a grandfather. Oh. Yeah. Because my grandfather always smoked cigars. So anytime now I smell that, it's always somebody's grandfather that's around them. Whenever I see an elephant, it's always either my grandmother or the other person's grandmother on their maternal side because my grandmother used to collect elephants, uh, figurines, statues, you know, everything was elephants. You know, so she was the elephant in the family. So, you know, 
particular things that have shown themselves to me over the years have been associated with certain meanings that may be different from others. You know, people will look at the elephant and they will see something, you know, person that never forgets, you know, somebody that keeps on pushing through. They don't let anything stop them. They just, you know, navigate through life, knocking down whatever blockages, you know, stand in their way. I look at yeah. it automatically. It's just like, it's the grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because, awesome that you have a system, you know, a system that works for you. Right. And that's the whole thing with, you know, divination and being eclectic is, you know, you use what works for you. You know, you make yeah. mental notes. I'm not going to say journal, but you make mental notes. <laughs> <laughs> we put in our spank bank. Is that what you're saying? We put in our spank bank and then we just move forward with it. <laughs> right. And over time, we start to pay attention to each little nuance that pops up and what's going on around it. You know, what it has to entail. We pay attention to the information that the client gives back to us, you know, and over time we understand that, okay, so each time this particular thing pops up, this is what's going on and this is what it had to do with. So then it takes on a life of its own where now spirit knows, okay, now I'm going to show you this and I know you're going to understand. So it becomes set in stone for spirit to so say, that's Hey, what it means. right. Here's the set in stone meaning, you know, and See, mediums. I no. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I don't have this set in stone way. It's like I see the spirit. I, I can describe it to the person that, you know, the spirit is around. And then I'm like, okay, so this person's around you. What's, what's going on here? And, and they're just like, what? Like for the longest time, I would always see this woman around my hairdresser. And not until like about two months ago, my hairdresser admitted that she was scared when I would come over because she'd be like, oh, my God, what is this? What is this woman going to tell me is going on in my life? She's like, and I did. I I mean, I would tell her, okay, so, you know, I don't want to scare you, but, you know, I have this message for you, and there's this person around you. And not until two months ago were we actually able to find out who that person was because her mother was in the house. And then she's like, oh, that's this person, and pulled up a picture. It would be nice to have a set in stone, uh, sometimes way to think of things, but I don't, I don't have that. And I'm, I mean, I've actually learned that that's okay for me. Like you have a set in stone mm-hmm. way that definitely is a code for you. Um, but I kind of like the, the maneuverability of the way, you know, the spirits around me work. They're like, hey, we're here. So can you describe us already? And um, let's move forward. I'm like, okay. I, not every day. <laughs> like this is my off day. <laughs> no, but see, that's one of the beautiful things about divination is you know every person is individual. You know everybody mm-hmm. works with their own set of rules, limits, boundaries, gifts. You know, you would probably love the soul cards. The soul the cards. Soul are probably- card. Yes, the soul cards. The soul cards are this, these, there's two different decks. It's a deck of cards that have no meanings whatsoever. They are all hand-drawn images that a woman does on um, the back of paper. So she'll do ink on a board, she'll lay the paper down, and then she'll trace things out with her fingers. So it's like a, a mirror image. But the images are so profound, they draw upon your intuition, your own connection. Without any meanings, there's no real book that comes with it. 
you know, people use them in therapy offices, but they are they like can, the uh, are they like the inkblot pictures? Not um, those, right? More, oh no, a lot more, a lot more in depth. After the show, I'll send you a link to the uh, person that does that does these. I I kind of find that you know, out of all the decks I have, that particular deck gives me the spiritual ability to say pretty much whatever the heck I want. <laughs> but not in, but not in that, but not in that way, you know. From a spiritual standpoint, I find they work best for, you know, not like yes or no, or, you know, more for what's going on, what it is that you right. really need to start working on, what's going on in your mind, you know, what is it that you're focusing on, you know, why aren't you moving ahead, and, you know, I find that those are a wonderful tool. You know, especially for people that are mediums and very intuitive and very connected that don't like rules because there are none. I mean, right. there are I, none. I prefer no rules. <laughs> you know, and they're very colorful and some of them are dark. Some of them are lighter. Some of them have bright colors. You know, your imagination and your intuition draws out whatever it is that spirit's connecting to you with. And you might actually love those. I probably would. They sound really interesting. I was going to ask you earlier if you've ever been on the site Kickstarter. I have not. I mean, I've seen well, the site, I mean, but I have not been on it myself. Because I know you were saying how you like, you know, certain decks. Um, but Kickstarter has um, people, um, and some of them are well-known people, some of them are not, but they do these decks. And one of the most recent, it's out. I, I totally missed the opportunity to invest in it. But, um, you know, like the deck that you were saying was an older deck and that you were determined to have it, they redid um, a deck called the Visconti deck, which seems oh, yes. like it would be down your path. But they redid it with the actual gold and gold foils and things that. like that, like they would have done in the olden days to have that deck. I saw that. And I was deck. Like, it's <laughs> gorgeous. But in this case, there are certain decks that you can only get on Kickstarter that once they're done with that Kickstarter, you can't buy it just to buy it. It won't it won't occur, so you have to have done the Kickstarter. So I was just gonna say if you were interested in certain decks like that, that sometimes people come out and they recreate these decks from old the olden ways and you know, maybe that'd be something that you would want to run across sometimes. I will have to. I will have to look at that because I saw that exact deck that you were talking about. As a matter of fact, I think I saw it about a month ago. I think somebody posted some Beautiful. pictures up on it, and I sat there looking at it, like, man, that is definitely a beautiful deck. The gold foil, the leaf, the the attention to yeah. detail. I mean, it was. It, it almost reminds me of like the original Bible when they mm-hmm. wrote the Bible out and all the letters from, you know, the par- first paragraph were all drawn intric- intricately and they were all hand done with gold leaf and bright colors and they just stood out and popped on every page. Yeah. I mean, when you see some of the old work that was put into cards or put into like literature books, they were amazing. They, they were just gorgeous. And so, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the artists that are about to do this deck. But, I mean, just in case, you know, because you like the decks that are older looking, you know, maybe you'll find something yeah. there. 
I'm that kind rings of a, your bell. I'm kind of a nostalgic geek sometimes. <laughs> I know. They had this really awesome steampunk deck, and I was like, oh, that's really pretty. But, yes, it's by Karen. Yeah. Tea with Karen. <laughs> yes, and she, her deck is so beautiful. It really, really is beautiful deck. Um, but, I mean, I just, I, I really appreciate what goes into so many different forms of divination, but I appreciate definitely what goes into, you know, the different forms of cards. Oh, yeah. So. Cards are phenomenal. I mean, I love all forms of divination. I can't do them all yet. Um, <laughs> I'm striving to learn as many as I can, you know, because it's, it's one of those. I would be more happy just learning all the different forms of divination sometimes than actually just doing the divination because it's the knowing and seeing them work. It's the touching and the holding them. Um you know, it's the history of them that, you know, pushes me forward and, you know, gets me wanting to keep on going. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes you excited. It's just the knowledge, the knowledge yes. of it, I think, for me, and that I really enjoy. I think the one form of divination that I've always been curious about um, is bone reading, like the, or the curio readings when they have, like, the oh, bones and the little objects. I'm bones. like, how does that even work? Like, I don't even, how does that even work? And where did you get the bones? <laughs> well, it's not just all bones. I mean, you can find them when you're out. Yeah. I mean, I, my my bone set right now is about 150, 160 pieces. I have not seen one bone ever. And it is <laughs> a combination of bones, shells, curios, charms, doohickeys, knickknacks. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever I want to be a bone is a bone. And they're thrown, you know, onto a particular mat. And think of it like um, a three-dimensional map, you know, and layers. Because you're reading not just like with cards. You're reading, you know, this card next to this one in this particular spread and how they interact with each other. But with bones, you're also reading pieces on top of pieces, pieces that touch right. other pieces. And you're peeling back layers of that onion, getting down to what's at the base, what's at the core of that situation. And then you're also looking at patterns and shapes and symbols. And I mean, there's just so much in-depth information on bone reading. It's just like mind boggling. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. I, I've seen, like I've had a reading done, um, but I was just like, this is amazing. to <laughs> yeah, find it's so beautiful and so intricate because I wonder you know, like, why you're like, I can't get the cards. I'm like, why did they choose a bell to be this? And why did they choose this bone to be this? And how does this work exactly? Is there a certain set of principles or rules that you have to follow with getting your bones? But I have not. The whole time I've been out and about walking, I have, I have yet, I have yet to see a bone. Now watch but now that I've said that, I see a million bones. <laughs> sometimes you can also buy them, too. There are places like the Bone Room. Uh, Etsy, you know, eBay, you can find bones on all of those platforms. You can do a search for places that do like fur and hide. Um, I, I mean, bones can be anything. You, I know people that read nuts and bolts. Um, really? It, yeah. And it's, a, it's patterns, wow. it's symbols, it's shapes. It's how they connect to each other and touch and the lines that they form, you know, and every bone reader is different. Every bone reader set 
could contain the same exact pieces and every piece is going to be different meanings for each of the individual readers because it's all tailored towards that particular person. It's kind of a free flowing individualized form of divination. You create all the meanings for your particular pieces. Yes. I mean, that's, to me, that's amazing. (laughs) But then, I mean, I mean, how big could it get? I mean, it could get huge. Like yours is huge, it seems like. Oh, yeah. I I know people that have like uh, over a thousand pieces. (laughs) How is that even possible? And like, what would you carry it in? (laughs) Some people carry it in giant baskets. And some people, you know, like me, I throw all my bones at once. Um, Some people will hold a big basket and they'll have a little um, mat that they throw on and they'll have the client ask their question and reach in and grab a handful and drop the handful onto the mat and they'll read those. So they'll have all the different pieces to have different representations and meanings for different things that they have come across in life, different lessons that they have learned, different things that they have gone through, you know? So Every little memory, every little lesson that you have learned in life, you know, people will associate to a particular bone or they'll find a rock or a stone or a seed when they are going through a certain issue in life. And now that piece has taken on meaning for their bone set. So it's, it's a never ending love. I mean, I can't stop saying, hey, that's probably my favorite style of reading right now is the bones. Really? I can sit there and that's probably why I haven't touched my antique deck in so long. I can sit there and throw the bones and I can just go. And I work directly with my ancestors when I read the bones. It's one of the direct connections to ancestors and doing divination work. I find for at least for myself is Mm -hmm. the bones speak directly through my ancestors. So it's, I read symbolically, but just like my antique deck, they talk directly to me. Wow. I think think that's amazing. I think that's the only, huh? I think you need to look into those, into that more. I love like the whole, I love like all of it, like the idea of it, the energy of it. I'm just like, but what would I even collect? (laughs) You know, I have no idea. But I guess I should start. I think I would really enjoy it. But then next thing you know, I'd have this whole hefty bag of things that I could go with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> my only problem, I'm like, this means so much. And I'm sitting here looking around my house. I'm like, but I love that too. That could be a bone. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I would have well, a whole well, bag. Well, yeah, of it. <laughs> but but that's but that's okay because even even when you love those pieces, they're still your pieces. You know. Yeah. They become part of your personalized form of divination. So now you learn to love them in a different way. True. Because you're Very not really true. getting I, rid you know of what? them. I may have to try it. You are right. I, I'm going to limit myself, though. I'm going to find a bag, a certain size bag, and say, okay, I'm going to fill this bag up. And that's what the bag is going to be. Or I'll be walking around with, like, a, a huge bag of things. So I have to limit myself because I'll find, I want that in my bag. I want this in my bag. So I have to be, I have to be at least somewhat focused on what I put in there. But no, yep. I mean, you say, I, that, I think you say I, that now and it I will grow. I say that now, you know, 
and, and, and I do in my in my little soul. I mean that. <laughs> in my no, soul, I, I mean that, and then it's never gonna work out. <laughs> I'm gonna have so, to move back. <laughs> so, what do you feel is the role of ancestors and ancestor reverence and ancestor work when it comes to divination? You know, where do you feel that role is? You know, I think it depends on the the diviner. Because some people, they don't work with their ancestors. They work with, you know, different deities. For me, um, it's important because my ancestors, they guide me and they protect my gate, so I like to say, so that yes. um, no malevolent spirit is floating around, <laughs> you know, me or, or trying to get in me. But I find it, for me, it's important. It's important for me for protection. It's important for me for wisdom. There are sometimes that messages are coming through from a, a different spirit that I'm not being that I'm not able to understand what that spirit is saying, but they do, and they're like, "Okay, right. this is what's happening." Um, so for me, it's important. But there are some some people that I know that do divining and they don't deal with their ancestors. It just doesn't come into play. So I think it yeah. really honestly depends on the individual. But for me, for me, it's important because, like I said, my spirit guides are my are my family. And, and, and with, mine as, with mine as well, you know, I mean, I also feel that, you know, uh, for me and for a lot of people that I know, especially in, you know, the African traditional religions, um, ancestors is our roots. You know, this is where we yes. come from. This is who we actually are. Um, but they do play a big role in, I will call it, interpreting and translating, yeah. you know, spirits of different cultures, different languages. Because I've read for people all over that their ancestors don't speak English. All right. And I don't understand their language, but yet my ancestors, my spirits can talk to each other with their spirits and be able to translate the information in a way that I can understand it. Because there's no language barrier when it comes to the spirit world. Exactly. You know, and that's the plus side. You know, that really is, it's amazing to me where I'm like, I, I don't even, I don't even know how you're understanding this person. They're like, oh, we, you know, we have it. We understand. There's just no barrier when it comes to language, when it comes to so many things in the spirit world. We're, we, being in the flesh or whatever are the only beings that see a limit. Yes. <laughs> you know? I will agree with so, that a hundred percent. I mean, honestly, for me, I, I honestly need my ancestors and my gift comes from my family. It comes from the, 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 my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're a very matriarchal family um, when it comes to where our gifts come from. So, so, yeah. So, <laughs> as we're getting close to the end of the show, how do our wonderful audience members get a hold of you? Should they want to connect with you for a reading or, you know, any type of services or candles that you, you know, that you offer? Well, they can find me on Facebook, The Calico Goddess. Um, I have a page there and they can inbox me. They can write me. Um, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, on most of the time it's easiest for you to get me i am starting my instagram page um which is a work in progress because i'm so used to working with facebook and it's easy 
So I'm trying yep. to branch out and work with other things. But definitely right now it's my Facebook page. And as I maneuver around, then I will have other ways for people to get in touch with me. But right now, focus on Facebook page, The Calico Goddess. They can inbox that page there. And I am more than happy to help them in any way that they need help. So... All right, and would you love to say our goodbyes to our beautiful audience this this evening? I would. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you, Mike, for having me on the show. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you. I was so nervous about doing this all day long, and it turns out <laughs> it was just easy just sitting here talking <laughs> like we're having tea, so it turned out much easier than anticipated. So I was, well, I was I like for nothing. I like having that approach. You know, I love having that approach <laughs> where it is just people conversing and having conversation. You know, I don't want to drill people or f- make people feel like they're on the spot. It's just like, you know, we're spiritual people. We love doing what we do. And I love showcasing, you know, beautiful, wonderful people like yourself on the show. You know, so I try oh, to make it as you. easy as possible. You know, I would like to thank our wonderful audience members for joining us and listening. I've had a wonderful time you know, with our fabulous guest and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get her on the show again at another point in time. Uh, have a beautiful evening. Join us again next week, uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless. Be blessed. Bye.